0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Neighborhood Church. We pray that you be blessed by it. And to go to Bible college, they wouldn't let you in unless you owned a great big study Bible. So my dad and my mom brought me, bought me this Bible. It hardly ever leaves my office now. It's not in the best shape in the world. But I still use it and I I mark it up, I was reading it as a, a young man and I came to Matthew chapter 13 and uh, you'll need to click ahead a bit to get there, but Matthew chapter 12, sorry. And Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, you brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give it an accounting for it in the day of judgment. I was a 17-year-old who loved controlling the room. love to be the center of attention love to have lots of comments and I read that verse the end of it, verse number 36 every careless word that people speak shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment and I thought to myself oh God I'm in trouble because I wasn't being careful about my speech I was being anything but careful I would do almost anything to get a joke a laugh And so I decided to read my Bible a bit more. And I got a purple crayon, pencil crayon. And every time I came across a verse in scripture that talked about my words and my speech, I underlined it in purple. When I got to the Proverbs, and Proverbs is a book full of principles, you shouldn't read it as a book of laws or a, or a book of promises that you can put your finger on and say, I claim that for my life. It's a book of principles. You live this way, this is likely what'll happen to you. In Proverbs, I found that I needed my purple crayon a lot. There are, and I'm using for this series, the word tweets. There are 150 tweets in the book of Proverbs about how you talk, the words you say, the comments you make. One out of every six verses is about the tongue guarding our speech. So I can't look at every one of those tweets this morning. Well, I could, but I might be talking to myself at some point around 10 p.m. But we're going to look at five of them. And so tweet one is Proverbs chapter 17. He who restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool when he keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's considered prudent. New Living Translation, a truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. only sounds stupid when you speak up. Most of us here today, and certainly including myself, have difficulty managing our words and managing our speech. But this verse calls us to be people of cool spirit. Matthew Henry in his commentary on it says, "Uh, not speaking with heated passion. Not speaking with heated passion. New Living Translation translates it even-tempered. This coolness, this even-temperedness of our spirit should be reflected in how we speak and how we talk. To each other. We need to be cool. Last night at Saturday church, I asked everyone if they thought I was cool. Most people are quite kind, they nodded their head. But our oldest son yelled from the back, No! I'm not the coolest guy in the house today, but I do try to be cool. And God spoke to me a number of years ago and said, one of your responsibilities as a leader, John, is to make sure you're always the calmest person in the room. He who restrains his words, his knowledge, he has a cool spirit, is a man of understanding. You can lose friends, you can work really hard at your job for 10 years, 15 years and build a good reputation and people can love you and you can lose all of that in two minutes of hot temperedness. You can damage your spouse to the point where it takes years for them to recover in a moment of angry words. Wisdom calls us to have a coolness of spirit, that makes us think before we talk. And friends, every one of us looks really smart if we keep our mouth shut. Second tweet. He who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. New Living Translation. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. There's many ways we blow it in this area. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with somebody, and we've probably all been guilty of offending in this way, where somebody is halfway into their sentence and we interrupt them and start telling them what they need to hear and they're thinking, I wasn't even going there in this conversation. And we start to give answers before we know what the question is. It's folly. It's silly. It's stupid. Uh, New Living Translation and New American Standard version seems to well, seem to both agree what it is in their translation. It's folly and shame to us. Sometimes it happens in our homes when one of our precious little ones, and all of us think our little ones are precious, you should, that comes with being a mom, it comes with being a dad. But one of our precious little ones comes in and and complains about somebody at school who is being mean to them and bullying them. We hug them and come to their defense right away and never ever think that maybe they're the ones who started the fight we answer a lot of things before we've got all of the all of the information your husband comes home and tells you about somebody at work who's a pain in the butt and, and we never think that maybe across the city That husband's telling his wife what a pain in the butt your husband is. We jump to conclusions so quickly and so easily and it's folly and shame to us. Don't be proud of the fact that you can make quick responses. I had a pretty good week. I was the evening speaker at Brian Camp in southeast Saskatchewan. This is my 12th sermon in nine days. I'll probably be able to sit the whole message. But one wonderful thing the Lord gave me as a gift this week. I had to get out of the city pretty quickly after church last Sunday because I was preaching Sunday night in Southeastern Saskatchewan. And I packed really, really good, I thought, until I got to Brimadale and I'd left my briefcase and my laptop at home. I avoided 400 emails this week. And most people, it didn't bother at all because I'm pretty slow at responding to my emails. And often the reason I'm slow at responding to my emails is because earlier in my email career, I'd read the email and I'd go, and then say, how do I get that back? And you can't get it back. Go somewhere. It's equally true, friends, that we can't get the words of our mouths back. So wise people listen, wise people think, wise people consider the circumstances, wise people wonder how they would respond if they had walked a mile in that person's shoes. Wise people consider the other side of the story and there's almost always another side. Third tweet, Proverbs 15 and uh, verse number one, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A living Translation, I like this. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. King James Version, underlined in purple in this Bible, I wonder why. A soft answer turns away wrath. A soft answer. I have really good parents. Love them and grateful for them. One of the things as I've got older that has amazed me is I was raised in a home of soft speech. I don't ever remember a voice being raised in the house I was raised in, except by my sisters. There was a softness. A soft answer, a gentle answer turns away wrath. So. I'm in Brimadale, I don't have my laptop, all I got is my phone, and I don't like using my phone because I like going like this, I don't like this. Because I end up having to do it over about six times, usually before it's right. So I wasn't using my phone yet, but I tried to do a little bit of studying on my phone, so I typed in, talking soft. And uh, an article came up on why speaking softly is an effective classroom management strategy. So I'm gonna read you Michael Linson's words here. A small change in the way you do things and how you speak, move or relate to students could make a big difference. Your voice is a good example. Most teachers talk too loud. They turn up the volume because they believe the louder they are, the better the students will listen. But it isn't true. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's his opinion on soft speaking. Tweet number four. He who despises his neighbor lacks sense, But a man of understanding keeps silence. New Living Translation, it is is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 12, the words of King Solomon. you despise your neighbor, if you belittle your neighbor, if you find it really easy to make negative comments about people, uh, it's foolish. It's not sensible. There's a screw loose. Something is missing upstairs. There's a lack of sense. And we've all, heard things like with eyebrows raised a bit did did you know that or wink wink were you aware of that or uh... i don't want to be one to gossip but this is just between you and me you should know that And on and on it goes. Don't hang out with people like that, friends. Don't hang out with people like that. Someone who talks to you like that is going to talk about you like that. It's that simple. Someone who talks to you like that is going to talk about you like that. Stay miles away from them. They are not going to be good for your soul. I've got a direct quote now from Reverend John Drizner. It is difficult to control the information that comes to you, but you must control the information that comes from you. We don't belittle one another, we don't speak evil, we're we're not gossipers, we're the people of God. We're the people of God. One last tweet, Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit New Living Translation, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I thought I'd be able to sit all morning. I was wrong. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. This is true on two levels. The first level it is true on is the way your speech affects you. The words you speak go a long ways in determining the direction of your life. They can bring you death or they can bring you life. Sometimes we look at work and we can't figure out why this guy is is climbing the company ladder. The gal is climbing the company ladder so quickly. I'll, I'll throw a suggestion at you. Sometimes they're rich and paying people, but more often, more often, just watch their speech. they're pretty careful guarding your speech can bring life to you and this foolish talking that has a comment about everything this talking that just well I just love to talk I can't help it pastor you reap the consequences of that and it's not life giving So it affects your life. The words you share can affect the life and death that come to you. But the words we share to others can be life-giving or they can suck the life out of people. I just want to remind us this morning that most of us here are the people of God. We're Christians. If you're here today and you're not yet a Christ follower, we challenge you to keep coming back and learn about him because Jesus will only bring you life and he'll bring you abundant life, life in abundance. But friends, we are also to be life givers in our speech. Because our master is a giver of life. And so people who, who hang out with us should say, Wow, I enjoyed being with her. I love it when us two guys get together because when we're together, I just feel so full of life, so energized, so encouraged. Because the Jesus who lives in us is the giver of abundant life. And out of the abundance of the one who lives inside of us, we should speak. Our words should be life-giving words. So King Solomon had a dad named King David. And most of us have learned a thing or two from our dad. So King David was not only the king, he was a songwriter and a poet, and he used to write songs to sing in church. Well, it wasn't really the church. It was the little synagogues, the Jewish synagogues. But he wrote an interesting song, and it's recorded for us in the Psalms. I can't imagine Pastor Joel leading this, but this is the kind of stuff they sang back then. Your tongue devises destruction like a razor, O worker of deceit. Your love, you love evil more than good, falsehood more than speaking what is right. Salah, it's not encouraging. You love all words that devour, O oh deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch you up and tear you away from your tent and uproot you from the land of the living. We should sing that next week that's the song that's the choir song but what is David saying there he's saying your tongue your speech can bring death and trouble to you it can tear you away from your tent it can uproot you from the land of the living because you lose God's favor God will break you down forever we have to be very 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 careful about the way we speak. And so I end with this. I've been leading you and serving you for over 17 years now. No, that's not true. Now that I'm doing the math, it'll be 17 years tomorrow. So Tuesday, Tuesday I come back full time. It'll be by the start of my 18th year. And one of the strengths of this church, and I'm proud as punch of you. is that this has been a church that's been life-giving with its words. It's been a church that encourages one another. It's a church that loves one another and ministers grace and accepts one another. And I bless you for that. Because that's the way Jesus is. would also have me add that in the last period of time, I don't know what it is six months, eight months, twelve months I don't know what the month is I think somehow we've allowed ourselves to get a little careless with our words and our comments speech. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't look good on us. It doesn't look good on us. That's not who we are at the neighborhood. And that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is full of life and the giver of life. Oh, may God give all of us a wisdom, a new renewal of wisdom, to be very careful with our words and our comments. So can I take you back? Can I take you back to where I started? Matthew chapter 12. That portion was a life changer for me. We are all going to have to give account for careless words. So let's be careful. Amen? So let's be careful. We know you enjoyed this teaching from the Neighborhood Church from our Pine House location here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. To touch base with us from anywhere in the world that you're listening, or maybe you're just at the gym or in your car, you can text the word Pine House to 306-800-5296. There you can fill out our digital connect card. Or if you want to give it a distance, or maybe you've been working weekends or just can't make it to the city, text the initials TNC to 705-230-8977. Through that little portal, you can give or tithe or... Even give to missions. For any more information about the Neighborhood Church, you can check us out online at theneighborhoodchurch.org. God bless you and have a great week.